Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. Um, it is Tuesday morning. Uh, I have just gone for yet another run for the past few months now. I've been up to four miles a day mostly, most of the time, I mean, so um, feeling good. So it's been over a month since the last Life Report. Uh, I had been, I wanted to get one in in June so that we didn't miss a whole like calendar month. Um, but the last one was May 25th and I had prepared one to do on June 1st or so, but, um, so the, the big news is that my dad finally passed away on, um, June 1st on the night of June 1st. So it was the first day of the month and here we are at the end of the month. Um, so, and today's my birthday. So June 1st was the day he died. He had been going downhill the previous few days, which I was going to talk about in the last life report that I never recorded. And I was going to say that I was planning on going to Cincinnati. So anyway, he died on June 1st. And earlier that day, I had been informed that he was going downhill fast. So I booked a flight for the following day, um, which there aren't many flights. So I, and I thought I was safe going the next day time-wise, but he ended up going downhill. Um, like I got a call that come in the next few days. Then I got a call in the afternoon saying, well, it could be overnight. And like, okay. And then I got a call saying it's going to be maybe in a few hours. And then it became like within the hour. Well, they, I, they basically said now it's going to be any minute. So, um, so I booked the flight, kind of finished my work day because that's how the timing went. And then if you'll recall, he's been in this nursing home for, he had been for three months or so. And once the coronavirus became very uh, accepted as, as serious as it is, the, the home stopped allowing visitors. So my mom, um, you know, was driving to the parking lot and pulling out a chair and sort of sitting outside his window because it's all one one level in suburban Cincinnati and uh, sitting out his window every day, just about every day, every day that it wasn't rainy or some weird, you know, thing was going on. So um, anyway, the day that he was going downhill, we had, we had just a few days earlier hired hospice workers or hired extra, an extra aide or something like that to so that he had someone dedicated to him 24 hours. And it was that new aide who said, you know, things are very bad and convinced the home staff to allow my mom and then my sister in. So for the last like two hours, he was alive, um, not even. My mom was finally allowed inside to see him for the first time since mid-March and um, yeah, so my sister got there. They put me on FaceTime and he, my dad was on his side, like sort of like in bed on his side. So my mom was on one side, my sister was on the other side and then my sister was also holding a phone and the phone like just was kind of up to his face. So I basically just stared at my dad's face on FaceTime for like, basically a half an hour and then they had to do something or switch sides or move or something so my sister said she'd call me back um or she said she'd get off and then I was like thinking okay well maybe that's the last time 
I speak to him. And then she texted. She was like, do you want to talk again? Because, um, well, we're still here. And I said, okay. So they called back. And again, I sort of looked at him and talked to him for 15 minutes or so. But he wasn't responding. He was just staring into space. And and then I took a f- screenshot of it because I just thought, well, this is the last photo I'll ever take of my dad. So I took that and it is a very creepy photo that I'm glad I took and I don't really want to look at again. Um, and so we were talking and just talking to him and saying we love him, et cetera, et cetera. Again, he wasn't really responding, just kind of like staring um, I do think he was hearing us. He did kind of respond in the sense that his eyes would sort of arch up or, you know, kind of respond. But I think he was, you know, getting ready to move on. Um, I wonder what was going through his head, you know, being alive since 1925 and then like probably being aware that you are in your final few minutes of life. So around like 6.58, PM, all of a sudden the staff came in of the nursing home and they tried to kick my mom and sister out, which was obviously annoying. So my sister told me that she had to get off the phone to deal with this. And I was like, okay, got off the phone. And then apparently what happened was the aide that was there, the the hospice aide we had hired, this guy spoke to the staff and said, you know, you can't kick them out. I accept full responsibility for whatever <laughs> punishment or whatever happened. I don't know how they would punish anyone, but you know, don't kick them out. Um, and I accept responsibility. So then the staff, I guess, backed down. And then my dad died at seven o'clock, just like a couple of minutes later. And then I got a text like two minutes after that, you know, saying he passed. I was like, okay. Um, I actually can't even remember if we called again after that or we just texted. I could check my phone log, obviously. But um, and then the next step was they, my mom looked wanted to find a priest to do a prayer, which had to be done remotely, of course. Um, so they finally did that, and I think they did it. I don't know if they did it on the phone, on speakerphone, or on FaceTime. But anyway, and you know, then these logistics happened. My mom and sister went home. They found this. Uh, cremation service in Cincinnati and they came to uh, I guess get the body and anyway I just sort of hung out here thought about stuff went to bed I kind of like hung out in this room alone for an hour just processing it then I came out and just informed people here <laughs> that he was gone um, so yeah the next day I flew to Cincinnati and that was weird. So I flew and let me tell you that one month ago was a lot different than now in terms of like society opening up. So I hadn't been in a car in months until I took that car to the airport. And at LaGuardia, it was just like empty. First, there was no traffic either. So I got to LaGuardia in like 21 minutes from Carroll Gardens, maybe faster than that. Um, in the airport, it's like no one around. I would say two flights worth of people in the in the terminal, and I took a picture of the of the departure board, and it was just like not even a full monitor's worth of de- flights, and it was for the whole afternoon. Crazy. There's all this signage in the airport, um, social distancing signage that didn't exist probably the last time 
you know, most people were in an airport. It was the Delta Terminal, Terminal C at LaGuardia. Terminal D is just closed because they don't need it. Um, and in, there's, in the Delta font in signage, there's all this social media reminders. And even on the jet bridge, when you are boarding the flight, down at ankle level, there's all these little things that say, be considerate of your fellow passengers, keep a distance. On the plane itself, there's no drink service. They just give you this pre-made goodie bag, which is actually kind of nice. It's just a Ziploc bag of water, hand sanitizer, uh, biscotti cookies, which, which I love, uh, che- like crackers, Cheez-Its. Um, oh, when you're, t- when you're going through TSA, when you hand your ID, they look at your ID, they look at you and they say, lower your mask, and you lower your mask, and they say, okay, and you put it back up. Just this like new way of doing it. Then I got to Cincinnati, and that airport was even emptier, and it's a huge, big concourse and terminal, and I mean, empty. Just like, imagine looking down this long, like, quarter kilometer long, <laughs> like, concourse, like of 30 gates, 30 gates long and seeing like six other people in your like view. It's just crazy. Um, So yeah, so then I was home. Um, I just kept my distance from my mom for a few days. I didn't really know what to do. I considered getting a hotel, but my mom wouldn't hear of it. And then my family was just like, just go home. And um, it's nice weather out. So like just had windows open all the time. And yeah, I really kept my distance from my mom kind of, you can do it when it's just two people in a house. Um, and then after a few days, I just kind of stopped that because it was clear I wasn't sick. Um, and anyway, uh, we just dealt with logistics that week. My mom is kind of frazzled. She's still frazzled, I'd say. Frazzled and just seems purposeless because she was my dad's caretaker for two and a half years since he had the stroke. And then she's got doesn't have that to worry about anymore, which is good for her health, but I don't know what it's like for her mental health. But but it was nice to be in Cincinnati and it was nice to be there in the early summer and it was just 70 degrees and sunny every single day, except with like some random Midwestern thunderstorms, which I love. Um, and hmm, what else? Well, I got to see friends there. I went over to Brian and and Beth's house, hung out in the backyard, kept our distance. Um, and that was difficult the first time I went over because my ears were stuffed up. And I, for the first time since like college, the wax buildup was so bad that I, I had trouble hearing. I was, I mean, like I was down to 30% hearing, I'd say. And so when you are standing 10 feet at least from someone, especially like a, a low talker like Brian, and your ears are stuffed up, like, I couldn't hear half the stuff he was saying. Um, so I, then I went to urgent care and got my ears flushed out, and that was awesome. It's like having super ears, super hearing. Um, let's see. You know, that whole week, I'll just like think about my dad being gone. I'll think about doing all the logistics of like closing out his finances and insurance and pension and all these things. Black Lives Matter and protests were happening then. That's basically all I was following. I was like just doom scrolling on my phone when I couldn't think of what else to do, which was a lot of the time. I was listening to the Run the Jewels album, driving around in our Ford Escape, (laughs) blasting Run the Jewels, driving around Cincinnati. Um, 
it's like I'll always think of that week, you know, with all of this stuff. Um, let's see, I went out and got myself ice cream a few times at some of my favorite little ice cream places. Um, I drank a lot of beer. Um, well, not a lot, but uh, at Kroger, you can make these mixed six packs of like all these local beers. So I would just buy these mixed six packs of one of every different type of local beer. So I tried like a ton of local beer, which I'll list them off at the end of this. Um, this is a funny, I have a very long list of beer. Um, let's see. So, oh, and we had the funeral at the church that's up our street, which is also the church and school where I run when I'm home. They have all these back baseball fields and I run by myself. No one is ever on these fields. It's great. But I hadn't been in the church maybe ever. I think I'd been in the building once in the 90s, but um, my mom goes to church there, although she barely has gone to church in the last couple of years because she's had to stay by my dad's side. But it's this big open Catholic church because um, we're Catholic. My dad was not really religious, but my mom is, and he was Catholic, and she wanted to have a funeral, and I'm sure he'd be okay with that. Um, and so we had the funeral, and they the rules changed in Ohio while we were there. They actually changed between my dad's death and the day we had the funeral, which was like 10 days later. And so we had no capacity limit technically in the funeral, but with my dad being so old and having old friends and we didn't, you know, I just didn't want that many people there to begin with. And so there were only about 15 or 18 people at the funeral all spread out. And when I gave the eulogy, I looked up and it was just, imagine this huge church and just 18 people spread out in this huge church. And I could see my friends and I could see his friends and I could see my family and it was just kind of this surreal view. Um, but uh, yeah, so we had this uh, socially distanced, masked, uh, sanitized funeral, no reception obviously. Afterwards, everyone just kind of went outside in front and that was kind of nice and it was a beautiful day and it was over at 11.30 in the morning and kind of just w- walked back to my house, which is like a literally... Two minute walk, I guess. Um, hung out with uh, Brian and our friends Roth and Pete, who also came to the funeral, and it was very nice for me to have those guys there. And then my my sister and her family came back, and we hung out in the backyard and ordered Pizza Hut. I went and got pizza, picked up Pizza Hut, and we just hung out, and that was kind of nice. And you know. It's obviously been a tough time, but the, after the funeral, I felt a lot better. It's really weird how like there it does bring a sense of closure. I guess that's why like humans have been doing it <laughs> forever. But you have this ceremony which I was dreading, you know, and I was just dreading everything about it. But when it was done, I realized I felt better afterwards. So, um, I think my mom felt better too, but. She's actually she definitely felt better. I think she felt that sense of closure too. But she still is frazzled. She still is depressed. Um, and from what I understand, this is all normal for a elderly spouse when they've been sort of left alone. When they're alone, I mean, and um, and yeah, you sort of need to recreate purpose in life, so to speak. I guess. Anyway. So the other thing is I we had never talked about like what to do with his body and everything, but he had mentioned over the years, only half jokingly, don't bury me, you know, I want just cremate me. So um that's what we did. We went to this place in Loveland, which is about 
20 minute drive from my parents' house in Cincinnati and I'd never been to this like specific little neighborhood and it is super cute and there's like a canal that runs through or a river and there's a trail and a little park and it's it's like a postcard little village and so I picked up my dad's remains at this place and I walked out of this place with like a shopping bag of his carrying holding his remains which was kind of tough. I sat in my car for a few minutes after. Then I realized, I was like, well, I'm in this nice little spot. And I just drove across the street and parked in the sort of trail parking lot. And I walked up and down the trail and I walked by the river. And then I went and got myself iced coffee and at this like, you know, outdoor only takeaway place. And that was nice. And, and then I listened to the amps um, that, you know, the band from the 90s with Kim Deal. I listened to the amps, Tip City and other songs because I was in Southwest Ohio and I just kind of felt like listening to local music. So I listened to Kim Deal blasting, driving home into the, like, the bright sun and into the sunset driving west with this nice iced coffee, listening to the amps with my dad's remains on the floor of the passenger seat next to me. Um, yeah, and then I got Skyline Chili on the way home and got home and ate that and then drank local beer and went for walks around my neighborhood and that was basically my time at home and going trying to go through my stuff to get rid of it. But going through the stuff is fun because it's all these papers and magazines I never want to get rid of. So <laughs> it's more about going through it and just kind of reminding myself what I have so I can keep that mental like log of what I have. And ultimately, I'll keep send it to myself here and I'll just have it. And what will I do with it? I don't know, but it's just sort of like my life files and I don't want to get rid of it. And I also don't really want to digitize it. Not that that would be possible really beyond just taking a million photos, but I just not like to have it, you know. And man, I really keep everything. I look through a lot of my first grade reports, look through book reports from third and fourth grade. I looked through a book report of a book I love that I ended up recommending to my niece upstairs here, and she liked it too, The Cricket in Times Square. One of many countless pieces of pop culture that I grew up with that nudged me towards moving to New York when I became a grown-up. Anyway, so then I, I, in total, I spent two weeks at, at in Cincinnati, and then I came back, and flying on the way back two weeks later was way more crowded. My flight was three-quarters full, which I, or a 60% full, which was what Delta caps their limit at, as opposed to being like not even 25% full on the way there. The airports were much busier. Um... And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't think I'd fly unless I have to. But on the way there, I was thinking, you know, if no one is flying, then I paradoxically feel like I could fly if I had to fly to Cincinnati again. I would fly alone. I don't think I would be able to fly with Oliver, who, you know, needs to touch stuff. And I don't think he could wear a mask for this entire travel day. But I don't know. But yeah, flying now seems to be back to quote-unquote normal or getting there, so now I'm not going to fly unless I have to. Um, what else is going on <laughs> besides my dad dying? Well, still running every day. I didn't miss a day in Cincinnati, and that felt good. Um, it was very like therapeutic to run on these back ball fields by myself, watching Air Cargo 747s on their approach to Cincinnati. Um, let's see. 
bought new running shoes. I bought the same running shoes, New Balance Fuel Cell Echoes. Um, I'm trying to adhere to the 500 miles and get new shoes so that I can keep my feet okay. Um, so I got new shoes. Let's see, we're gonna, I think we're gonna get a car. We've been thinking about getting a car for a few years just so we could like take Oliver and ourselves out to beaches more easily and out to remote hiking spots, etc. And now that's moving along. I think we're thinking of using where we're, looks like we're going to use Carvana, which is like you buy a car sight unseen. I mean, you see it online, but then they deliver it to you, and <laughs> it's like buying a car on the internet. So we'll I will report back on how that goes. Um, right now, we have a pre order in for a vehicle, um, and it's in this stage where they haven't yet like put it online, but we know what it is, and we have an exclusive look at it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, let's see. Hope I don't get cut off because I don't know what cuts off why this cuts off on the mobile app GarageBand. But wonder if it's like a um, wonder if it has anything to do with storage on my phone. Though I can't imagine that would be it. But anyway, I'll run through the rest of this pretty fast. Um, music I've listened to here are the albums I've listened to: Run the Jewels Four, which is like basically my album of the year. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, I listened to that just nonstop in the car. The week my dad died <laughs> in Cincinnati. Um, Bob Dylan, Rough and Rowdy Ways, I think is an incredible, incredible album. It's genius. It's brilliant. It has such a flow to it. It tells a story. It finally, like as my friend John Crossingham said, it unravels into these final two longer, almost like just stream of consciousness songs, Key West and then um, Murders, Murder Most Foul. Um, what an album. This guy just knows what he's doing. He's just combining inspiration Still, like new inspiration as well as a, like a lifetime's worth of experience. Especially, and I love that he doesn't tone down his sense of wackiness. Like this is a really like weird, funny record. So great. Um, I listened to the new Dion album, which he does with a lot of guest stars like Jeff Beck. <laughs> um, I like it. Dion's great. Um, Trummers out on Ernest Jennings. New Trummers is great. Single, I mean, um, Woods. I listened to the Woods album and I kind of like it. I wish I liked it more than I did. Everyone loves it and I thought I would love it too, but I only like it. I was hoping it would be some sort of like go-to album for me, but it is good. It's just not for me, I think. I listened to Bill Nosey, Nochi, N-O-C-E. Um, he's a guitar sound artist. Um, it's very good. And today I listened to the new Hum record, their first record in 22 years. Hum had that big hit relatively big hit, not really big, Stars in 1995. And my friends loved Hum back then, and I kind of liked them a lot. But this Hum record is like <laughs> way better. It's just in such a great record, so confident and like sounds modern yet timeless, great melodies on it. So yeah, this, the album's called Inlet, brand new Hum record. So as feared, I reached my limit on um, the time for that GarageBand file, so there'll probably be some sort of like bizarre cut that you've just heard, but um, oh well, whatever. Um, here's the beer again. Oh, so I don't know when it cut off, but um, I drank a lot of beer this month, but like I said, it was because I've been buying these individual cans, but also, um, yeah, I've had a lot of beer, what else? whatever. Here are the Cincinnati beers I had. Um, 50 West, I had coast to coast, um, sort of like, what is it, a white ale? Very good. Listerman, which makes their strength of these like strong, dark stouts, like 
um, I think. Um, but I, they had they did a version of All Together, which is the other half here in Brooklyn, other half open recipe that beers all over the world are doing. Breweries are all over the world. So I had Listerman All Together, and that was good. Sonder, which is in Mason, Ohio, basically Cincinnati. I had a Blanc, which is a wheat beer. It was uh, fine. Fretboard did a Bootsy Collins beer. Bootsy Collins from the you know the great bassist who is from Cincinnati. Um, it's an okay IPA. The, the name of the beer in the can is the best part. Um, Carrigan, which is a distillery that opened in Cincinnati, makes two beers: a Pilsner they call Pils and a Citra IPA they call Citra. I had both of those in there. Great, great, just standard beers. Um, also had Rheingeist. Uh, I want to thank um, Pete and. Um, my friends Pete here in Brooklyn and Pete and Kara and Steve in Chicago, who the three of them sent me a nice uh, delivery of Rheingeist beer when I got to Cincinnati. So I had Rheingeist table beer, Truth, um, and then also there was a, a mango beer in a bottle. That was great. Also had a Rheingeist Wiffle wheat beer while there, while home. Um, is that all the local beer I had? I guess so. Um, and had Three Floyds beer over at Brian's house. Brian loves Three Floyds, and he always has Three Floyds, so we had a Three Floyds there. Oh, and Braxton beer from Kentucky um, had Graters Black Cherry Chocolate Chip White Stout, and it was great. Um, I think maybe the Black Raspberry, which is a slight variant, was better, which I had a year ago, but Black Cherry one was good. Um, here in Brooklyn, more Threes Brewing had Echo of Nothing, their Mexican lager, um, People Power, which is their p- floral pilsner where 10% of the proceeds of, of the profit or whatever go to the ACLU. Folksbeer had Harbinger of Spring, a Maybach, which is a great lager. Um, also had their cucumber lime um, beer, which is really good. Um, it's not like overpowering at all. It's like subtle, very refreshing as they say. Grim, I had their vacay, uh, hazy something. Um, I got that at, to go at Bar Great Harry, which is now open again, um, which they also have sidewalk seating. That's a topic for another time, I guess, because um, I don't feel like talking too much more but about outdoor seating in the neighborhood. Um, I think it's good it's happening. I think some places are squeezing too many people into a small space. But anyway, um, let's see what else. Is that it? And I got a whole bunch of some other halves and others that um, my friend Greg, who works at Other Half, dropped off for me. Um, so I will try those this week, some of them, and I will report the back next week. Um, I think that's it. I'm going to have to do some editing now, which I don't like to do. Um, anyway, well, that's it. Conrad Life Report, episode 47. Finally got it. I have two pages of notes for episode 47 because, I, as I said, I meant to do one like on May 31st or June 1st or whatever, but you know, finally get around to it on June 30th. So, yeah, um, stay safe, wear a mask, Black Lives Matter, have a happy 4th of July, happy Canada Day, and um, talk to you all very soon. Bye.